We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show, December 12th edition. Back in studio after taking a little trip out to Orlando. Keith, it, it was so much fun getting to go and, and hang out in person. I know we hang out virtually every every day, basically, <laughs> but uh, but it was great getting to go hang out, meet the family, do all that stuff in person. It was a blast. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was so good to see you and meet your wife for the first time because uh, the other times we've been in person, it's just been us in, in yep. Las Vegas without the family there. So it's uh, it's always it, it was great, man. It was great to to hang out for a while and uh, break some bread together and, and have a little fun. And now now we're all back home and back to normal and all that stuff for uh, what two less than two weeks till Christmas now, That's which right. is you know kind of bonkers in and of itself. So we're just you know. <laughs> Yeah, I have get so a million much to things do. happening. Right? I, have so, I have so much to do before Christmas. I don't know how I'm ever going to get it all done. But exactly. um, we have a ton of NBA basketball to discuss. So everybody joining the show here, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you do subscribe here to the YouTube channel over on the podcast side. Five-star rating and review would certainly be a great way to help out the show. All right, let's kick things off with this. The, the NBA's in-scene tournament, Keith, I was... Losing my mind, having to, to miss that game, uh, but the, the Lakers do ultimately win the NBA's uh, in-season tournament. And now all the discussion has turned to the banner controversy. Should the Lakers hang a banner or not? People are upset on either side, no matter what they do or don't do. I look at this from more of a historical perspective and think the precedent that gets set if they don't hang one in terms of what the league's goals are for this tournament it wouldn't be a very good look, nor would it be a step towards legitimizing this or gaining the acceptance that they need for the tournament. So I think hanging a banner is, is the right decision. And I think they're walking the, the middle ground that they're walking in terms of making it one banner that you just list years on and making it different than the championship banners. I think this makes the most sense while understanding that people will still be upset and say it's not it's not an NBA championship, so it shouldn't be up there. I get it. But I think given the long-term goals of the league with this tournament, it makes sense. You are being far too rational and reasonable <laughs> about I, this. This is not where we live. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny. You, you, you were saying you were upset about missing the final, whereas half of NBA Twitter, if you could believe them, was like, game doesn't even count, so who cares? It, it's not a real game anyway. Um that that's it, because they didn't like the team that was in the final. Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's I I called out Celtics fans for their behavior over the last you know what four or five days here, mm -hmm. on <clears throat> if the Celtics had won, 
you would not be saying the things you're saying right now. And of course their answer is, yes, I would. You don't, you know, this doesn't matter and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> All of that aside, we both root for two franchises who historically, because of the level of success they've had, have only hung NBA title banners. Yep. Um, they don't, they don't do division banners. They don't do conference banners because they just partially because they, there'd be so many of them. Um, sure. So I have no problem with what the Lakers have chosen to do here. I am with you. There's a precedent here. I would not be surprised if whether it was an in-person conversation in Las Vegas with Adam Silver and the boss yeah. family or a phone call or something where he's like, uh, hey, we we, we kind of need you to hang a banner, um, you know, for this to for, for the good of all. You know, let, let's let's put this up. Yes. And I have no problem with it because one, let's celebrate things right let's celebrate accomplishments like i you know the lakers took a lot of flack from people who were clowning them for celebrating winning if i win five dollars i'm happy and gonna celebrate <laughs> right if i won five hundred thousand dollars i'm not doing the show for like three or four days at least i'm at going least. on a uh you know some kind of bender i don't know what because i don't drink or do any other <laughs> I was say, devices, what kind of but... <laughs> what kind of bender are you going on <laughs> yeah i don't know uh you know I Kate, might, kate's I might, gonna go yeah. on a marvel bender just watch it just watch be. all the yeah. mcu <laughs> i might rent out a theater all to myself and just eat popcorn and candy and just sitting there all day um but yeah man like i didn't i just i don't know it's it's this need to be it it feels like at times social media has this too cool for school, right? You were a teacher for a long time. Mm -hmm. I have a 13 year old. There's this attitude of like, nah, I'm too cool for that. Like it, it, it's cool to not like things. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, don't be a try celebrate. hard. Yeah. 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 I don't like, let them celebrate. Like they, they accomplished something like I'm, I'm fine with it. Like I, I fully get it. Now I did not hear a single Laker say, this is the same as winning the NBA finals. No matter of fact, Anthony Davis, probably much to the NBA chagrin was like, this isn't the real thing. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I don't know that the NBA loved that comment, but you know, like they got it. They, they recognize this has its proper time and place. And here's how, you know, how much like they went nuts celebrating. LeBron was in the gym the next day watching Bronny play, um, which he yep. said he was not going to miss, but like, so it, it's not like he was out all night partying and, going crazy like he would be probably after an NBA final. So yeah, there's, you have the component of, Oh great. We can all laugh at the Lakers. So let's do that. And you know this, but yeah, put it up there. And I think they're, they found a perfect middle ground, hang a banner somewhere away from the other ones that says in season tournament champions. And it'll probably get changed because it's going to have some kind of naming to it at some point. And then, yeah, you put the year on it and then, you know, you hope as a franchise, you had several more years to that banner and, you know, it becomes a thing. And maybe 50 years from now, it is getting its own banners. I Who knows? But for now, yeah, I think they struck great middle ground. This is not going to have legitimacy and widespread acceptance right from the get-go. And if the Lakers don't hang that banner, you're not forging the path towards that, which is what the Lakers yeah. want and what the NBA wants. They want this to eventually be, and maybe 10 years from now, we're talking about the in-season tournament and it's revered and it means something. Yeah. And, and, and again, if, if the Lakers set the, the Lakers get to set the league on that course, right? If they go the other way, they do the opposite. I mean, I, I thought about this. What if, if the Lakers say, this isn't a championship, we're not hanging this. And then let's say the Charlotte Hornets win it next year. 
what kind of terrible position does that put that them in, yeah. right? Either they follow the precedent and they don't hang the banner either, which the NBA is not going to be not going to be happy about, and that doesn't bring any legitimacy towards it. Or they hang it and everybody clowns on them for hanging a banner when the Lakers didn't do it. You know, that's yeah. the, the problem. It's you're setting that precedent for the future and you're putting future teams in a really bad spot. If you don't do it, so I don't have a problem with them doing that. I don't have a problem with them celebrating it or, or whatever. I know it's my team, but I think that's I think it's the right thing if you are eventually, from a historical perspective, going to turn this into something, you need teams to get on board with with legitimizing it. And this is what it takes. Yeah, and one hundred percent. If the Lakers fall short of winning the NBA finals this year, not a single Laker is gonna be like, Well, at least we won the in season right. tournament. Yeah, you, know, you may have a couple of the young guys like say that in a private moment, but sure. like not a single person who's going to be in front of a microphone uh, if their season finishes anything short of a finals win is going to have that comment. They're just not. They're 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 going to talk about what happened the rest of the season and how it wrapped up, and and that's it. Like it's not. It's I just I don't understand this like desire to you know let people celebrate. It's it's kind of like the the cousin to Patrick Beverly. A couple of years ago, when he went bananas when the Wolves um, won the play-in, oh yeah, yep. like what? Why are we gonna rip on him? Like that was a huge accomplishment for that team. Like that's a team that doesn't make the playoffs very often, and they did. Like they should celebrate it, and they should go crazy. Like I have no problem with all that stuff. Like the Kings fans went bananas last year when they made the when they clinched a playoff spot. They should, right? Like that's you know, it's I get it. For some franchises, certain things are not. With, like for the Celtics right now, making the playoffs, making it quite frankly to the East Finals is not enough, right? They're, they're not going to be happy with it unless it's a finals appearance and probably in reality a finals win. And that's mm -hmm. okay for where they're at as a franchise. But we don't need to rip on everybody else for, you know, celebrating and enjoying something good. And like, like LeBron said, all the records will get broken, but you can't ever top being the first to do something. And yep. like that's you know super important. The last thing I want to end with, just to end it on a more positive note, because I thought it was really funny. And I wish and I've looked and I can't find the tweet. Somebody tweeted after that LeBron James is the youngest player uh, ever that. to like be the be like whatever the, it was in to the, be the in season the, tournament, MVP tournament MVP or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which I thought was he's right that, that was really funny it just that that was the kind of thing that made me laugh because you're they, we're, we are absolutely running out of things to call LeBron the youngest ever to do something at this point that that was a that was taking hold of an opportunity that there just aren't very yeah. many of that's for sure people are smart man they're so creative with the stuff they come up with I, I wish I was half that uh creative <sighs> I don't, I see stuff that pops up and I'm like, oh, I should have thought of that. But, yep, yeah, you know. and I'm always like, man, I just my brain doesn't work that way. So. Nope, nope. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the trade market. The Hawks, the Kings, the Pacers among the expected suitors for Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Keith, it seems like the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, you know, we'll have to have our buddy Luca Rosano from Raptors Nation on here to discuss some of this. But yeah, um, but the, the Raptors are once again in position to be the trade deadline Grinches by by hinting that all these guys are on the market and then taking them all back right before the trade deadline. Uh, I don't know. I mean, is this, is this finally the year? This is the question we're going to be asking all the way until they actually do something. Is this finally the year that they make a trade? Because these teams that are interested in Siakam and Ananobi, and there's a bunch more, I'm sure, they all make sense as, as landing spots. And these are teams that could really help themselves out. 
but we'll see if the Raptors are actually willing to deal or not. Yeah, it, it it's finally the year they'll make, they'll make a trade and they'll be like Dad Young for a protected second round pick, you know, <laughs> oh, salary dump or something, right? It's yeah, I, I hope, right? I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum with the Raptors. We're like now into year three of you might lose some of these guys for nothing if you're not careful. Um, I realize Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry was not lost for nothing. People bring that up every single time. I realize it was a sign and trade, but you miss the opportunity to trade him for other stuff. Uh, earlier in the year when you probably would have got a better deal than doing a sign-and-trade. They did lose Fred Van Vliet for nothing. See, Occam is a free agent and an OB. I would be shocked if he picks up his player option. He's very likely to be a free agent as well, and they're two of the better free agents. So the very best free agents teams will do uh, what they have to do to try to get those guys. Even if free agency is kind of in a downswing right now it will not be for guys like Siakam and Ananobi um you know should they hit the open market so Mm. that also brings up you know if you trade for them are you trading for them knowing you can resign them do you feel good about that that's an open-ended question too which does hurt some of their value it very much feels like we're having the same conversation we had about Van Vliet because we are it was the same kind of story with him last year um if you trade for him is he going to stay do you resign him where's that going to go That doesn't mean that there aren't teams that are going to be interested. Uh, This came out of, we talked about it on Friday's live show. We're in range now where every week we're going to get a series of, hey, here's a notebook piece of, you know, six, seven tidbits of news. And this came out of Shams, dropped one. And this, this was one of the items in there. And that's where this came from. So, yeah, I think there is a chance that we maybe see some movement. It feels a little bit different with the Raptors now because now you're not necessarily really selling um, the hope of, yeah, we just got to get everything incorporated. You're into year kind of two. I know Portal's only been there roughly a year now, but you're into the second season of we're just not very good. Like, we, you got to do something. You can't just continue to say, well, you know, give us a little bit of time. It'll all come together because it, it isn't. It's just not. And I continue to believe you can't build a functional winning roster with Siakam, Ananobi, and Barnes on it because you're just not going to have enough spacing. There's too much overlapping uh, skill set there. And that's going to continue to cause the Raptors problems. Well, and that's that's part of this too, was that uh, uh, Barnes is is their guy. They're, they're yeah. not going to move on from him. They He is off limits in terms of yeah. the trade market. So if, you are, if you're going to operate, and I think you're correct that you can't have those guys all together, then you've got to make some moves with some of these guys if you're going to clear this up. Now, the, the real question, though, is what are the what, what's the goal if you trade these guys? Is it to add draft picks and get some young talent in? Or do you continue, or is it just kind of shuffle the deck and see if we can find some pieces that fit a little better and off we go? I, I, you know, I'm not even sure what the temperature on, on Raptors fans is right now. Again, we'll have to talk to Luca a little bit about that. But what should the Raptors do? Should they be looking for future assets or, hey, give us pieces because we want guys that can play with Scotty Barnes right now. Let's go. It's a really good question. I think Barnes is good enough and you have other guys that are probably going to be there under contract like Pirtle and a few others that. I would feel okay if they went with a little, hey, we're just trying to shake things up and and add guys who are ready to win versus the we're tearing it down and we're going to start over. Um, I'm okay if they go that direction too. I'm not going to you know beat up on them if that's the path that they choose forward is mm-hmm. we're going to bottom this thing out as best we can and rebuild around Barnes and the other contracts. We'll figure out how to work around them. Uh, 
that that's okay too. Cause it's not like portal sitting on an untradeable deal or anything like that. Right. So you could move him. So yeah, I, I, I think you, you can get into a position where you, you have options, which is good. Right. But you got to actually take one of them. Right. You can't, I, I, I think if they, if we're at the trade deadline and they're still nine, 10 in the East, 11, 12 in that range, right. Like battling for the last play in spot. That's not like you got to do something. Yeah. You can't just say, "Yeah, let's run it out with these guys." Because what's your best case scenario? You win and get into the play-in, and then you get drilled in the first round. Like you're like, okay, that's is that really where you want to be? Like not for this group, not these Raptors. Like some teams, that's okay, right? You're building up to that. That's like say what they're better than that right now, and they they may have staying power. But let's say you're Orlando, and that's where you get mm-hmm. to that point. And you get popped in the first round. That's fine, right? Like you, you built to that. You, point. you made that's, progress. Yeah, that's where you're trying to get to. For Toronto, with this particular group, you kind of been there, done that, and that's not where you want to go. So, yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of you know, let's let's do something. Inaction is the only action I can't support. All right, let's jump over to the Zach Levine market. The Lakers and the 76ers reportedly are being patient with Zach Levine's market, which makes sense. We know the Lakers can't actually make a move for him until January 15th, if they even decide they want to. I know a lot of teams will have reservations about Zach Levine, and there have been reports out that you know teams are not as interested as you would think or that there isn't much of a market right now. I wouldn't expect there to be much of a market here in December. We are uh, getting closer here to December 15th when a lot of these guys do become trade eligible. But nonetheless, uh, the the... Levine trade market, it's certainly not going to be one where teams are climbing over themselves to get Zach Levine at 40 plus million dollars per year. So not really a surprise that teams right now are going to be patient. I'm sure the Bulls asking price is high right now, and maybe they meet somewhere in the middle before uh, that February trade deadline. But right now, if you're looking at things, I don't know that there's a team that is is ready to pull the trigger and says, yes, this is the piece that puts us over the top. Sign us up for Zach Levine. Maybe that changes by the trade deadline and as teams, you know, either struggle or find success or whatever. But right now, it makes sense that the trade market is kind of on a slow roll at the moment. Yeah. And to your point, like you alluded to with the Lakers, they've got a bunch of guys that would likely for all reasonable purposes need to be in a Levine trade. Uh, and if there, those guys are going to be in one, a lot of them can't be traded until January 15th. So theirs is even mm-hmm. a little longer uh, for some of the guys that they would very likely like to put in a trade uh, for Levine. So that's that's p- part one of this. And with the 76ers, they can afford to be patient because they're playing really well right now. They don't necessarily nothing screaming like we need him. Right. Like we're they're not like struggling to score points or. Uh, have injuries or anything like that. So you can be a little bit more patient. And my guess is, especially because he's hurt right now, the Bulls are not feeling like, oh, we have to do something today. Right. Like we can get back. One of the things that was referenced was some teams have even said, yeah, we're going to need to see him back on the court again and just make sure whatever this foot inflammation is, that it's not a bigger deal and it's going to turn into he plays two games, he misses a week. He plays two games, he misses a week. Like teams trading for him are going to want him for the stretch run. I also think where the Lakers and Sixers basically since it was made known Levine is willing to work with the Bulls on a trade, they were two that were immediately thrown out there. With the Lakers, you have to act with some level of caution because 
it's not a slam dunk, given what you would need to give up to get Zach Levine, that he turns you into a vastly better team than you are today. So that's part one. And part two, you would then be locking into your long-term two-man core is AD and Levine. I get it. LeBron may play another five years and all with the Lakers. Who knows? But I'm just going under what's under contract long-term. Now you're it's AD and Levine, and you're probably if I'm the Lakers. I'm like, uh, I don't know that if that's what I really want it to be, just yeah. because of the injury concerns with both guys. They they're not old by any means, but they're they're tipping towards the wrong side of thirty and all the stuff there. So that starts to become a little bit of a question mark for me. Is do I want to be a hundred million pot committed to these two guys? I, I don't know. And then for the Sixers, you're basically saying, well, any plans we had for flexibility. They're out the window. And mm-hmm. for both teams together, really for anybody, let's say you could make the move today. And then I don't know who it is, but another guy comes on the market like, you know, February 1st. Now you're like, well, we're out. We did the Zach Levine trade and now we can't go get that guy. And yeah. that becomes a little bit of your challenge with that too. So it's just, you know, things that are going to kind of drive this. My guess is any, any Levine trade, if it happens this year, very tail end of January, first week of February leading up to the trade deadline. Yeah, I think you're spot on. There's an opportunity cost to doing this as well. Not to say Zach Levine is a bad play. Look, Keith, if Zach Levine was making $20 million, oh, yes, yeah. teams would be climbing over themselves to get him. He is, he is a very, very good, very talented player. And we talk about that sometimes, and I just want to make sure we end with that because sometimes we get so caught up in, in the contract that it can come across like we're saying, like a player isn't very good. It's about the the bang for your buck, the return on investment. He's a tremendously talented player. The question, what's giving teams pause, it's the contract, and it's gonna gonna dampen his market to some degree. And we'll see ultimately how this winds up. I do think, and we talked about this last week. I still think he gets moved. I, I think he gets moved before the trade deadline. It makes sense for the Bulls. Um, makes sense for him to to move on someplace else. The question becomes, what team is that? But like we said, I think it's going to take a little while for this market to develop. And because of that, it could be a team that kind of comes out of nowhere. Where sure. it's like, yeah, we feel like he's the, the guy to live The, the Cavs and Donovan Mitchell, right? That type yep, of situation. Could be. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Reddick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, uh, let's jump over to the Clippers. P.J. Tucker's been frustrated with his role with the Clippers. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Like, he hadn't scored a point. I don't know if he yeah. scored at this point. It was a couple of days ago. It was going around like he yeah. went like eight games or something like that. Hadn't scored a point. Um, hasn't been super happy with his role there. But he's also the kind of veteran where if he were suddenly, if he was bought out, if he was on the trade, but I think there would be teams that would be interested and bringing him in with the caveat that whatever it is that he's not happy about with his Clippers role, it has to be a team that would be willing to make him happy and give him the kind of role that he wants. Yeah, and clearly if you're the Clippers, you would rather trade him than buy him yes. out uh, because he's he's got a $11 million this year and then $11.5 million player option for next season. It's probably the likelihood of him saying, yeah, forget that player option. Very, very low. Just not at this point in his career at his age. Uh, he's He would never see that money back. So that would be a shocker if that's the way it went. If it was just an $11 million expiring, my guess was we'd already be in advanced buyout discussions. And he'd be getting moved on. So we'll see uh, what happens with this one. Uh, Kobe Brown, the rookie. Uh, that they drafted out of Missouri has taken his rotation spot uh, to an extent. Um, you're talking a about five to ten minute a night backup forward. Mm-hmm. So he, he he has, but it's not like it's a huge role role to begin with. So we're in a, just a position with that where we'll see um, what comes of it. it. He doesn't even have that small ball five role anymore because Daniel Tice was brought in uh, when Mason Plumley went down. Plumley will eventually be back. So. Yeah, I I even question how much he can help a team. He slipped drastically defensively. Can't really move anymore, so that's the hard part. So I, I don't know where you're putting him, but but maybe an injury comes up and a team says, yeah, we got to go get him. So speaking of, we got a slew of injuries to run through. Yeah. We're going to do a rapid fire. This is going to be a shorter show because we're pressed for time a little bit today, but we, we've got a bunch of them. You want me to go? Yeah, let's go. All right, let's do it. All right, so these are going back a couple days since we didn't have a show um, uh, on Monday. So we go back to the end of last week. Jalen Duran out two weeks uh, with an ankle injury for the Pistons. Just things keep getting worse in Detroit. They lost their 20th straight game last night. Uh, they are now 2-21 with 20 straight losses. Evan Mobley could miss multiple games with a sore knee. He didn't play in Orlando last night, so that's a big loss for the Cavs, who have kind of – they, they seem to be playing a little bit better uh, recently, but have struggled to find their footing uh, fully with this. <clears throat> Kyrie Irving, did you see this play? I saw it was like he, he got his, his leg his got kind of rolled up into on him. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it, looked it was bad. like, oh man, like that was one of those where you're like, he might be done for a while. 
Thankfully, it's just, and I'm saying just, a heel contusion. So he missed their last game, but doesn't sound like he's going to miss, you know, multiple weeks or anything like that. So that's, you know, obviously a big loss for Dallas, who is, you know, they, they got to win over Memphis, which is, you know, not you're not going crazy over win over Memphis, but, you know, still a decent win. All right, Andrew Nemhard of the Pacers, he missed the in-season tournament final. He's out at least one week. He's got a knee injury going on. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, unfortunately, he was hurt against the Celtics. Uh, left the game at halftime with an ankle injury. Came back and played very briefly, less than five minutes in the second half, and then was out. Then he had, then he got checked. He had to have ankle surgery. He's out eight to ten weeks. Major loss for the New York Knicks. Hmm. Uh, Robinson is, for my money, he's the best offensive rebounder in the NBA. Yeah, the better overall rebounders and a really good shot blocker fits in really well for a Knicks team that quite frankly in the starting group, they don't need anybody else who wants shots. It needs the ball. So Robinson, how he gets the shots, he goes and gets them uh, with that. So, so we're there uh, with that one on the positive front, Bradley Beal going to play uh, Tuesday night. So we'll see if Kevin Durant is back in the lineup or not. Uh, he, he missed um, a, a game uh, the other night, did not play. So hopefully he'll be back and we'll get the three, uh, Suns stars uh, Durant, Booker, and Beal all together on the court for the first time this season. So we'll see what that looks like. So that was a lot of stuff, a lot of injury updates, but we wanted to get through all of those uh, here yeah. before we wrap up. Some really important injuries, obviously, they're hitting the NBA and, of course, stuff that we can go more in-depth into tomorrow when we get to tomorrow's show. But um, we are back in action here after having to miss yesterday. So glad to be back, happy to be back. Um Keith, next time in person, we're in person. We're gonna have to do an in-person show. We'll figure that out. Yeah, too. if we had a little more time, it was just a, yeah. a busy weekend for you, you and yours, and busy weekend for us here on this sure. side. So yeah, we we time. should have made our wives just film us at lunch, and we could have just <laughs> sat there, had our lunch, and talked basketball. That next next time, I'm sure I'm sure they would not have a problem with oh, that. Oh yeah, I'm sure they'd be thrilled with that idea. That'd be just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely how they wanted to spend their their Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's show. Make sure that you do uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.